Hey, it's Jed Hearn, host of Wizards, Warriors, and Words. If you're enjoying the writing advice on this show, you might like my new podcast, The Jed Hearn Show, where every week I share the best fantasy writing advice that I've learned from publishing three fantasy novels and a best-selling video game. There's over 12 episodes that you can listen to right away, including my top 10 fantasy books of all time, how to make fantasy names that don't suck, two rules that make writing effortless, and my complete summaries of Brandon Sanderson's and Neil Gaiman's writing classes, and much more. Check it out by searching for The Jed Hearn Show in your podcast app. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Wizards, Warriors and Words, a fantasy writing advice podcast. I'm Jed Hearn, author of Fires of the Dead. Uh, who are you pointing at? Uh, uh, um, oh, sorry, Mike. <laughs> I'm I'm Mike Flex. I'm Dirk Ashton, author of the Paternus trilogy. <laughs> Rob, uh, I'm I'm Rob Hayes, author of uh, the War Eternal trilogy. I am Jed Hearn, Dirk Ashton, and Rob Hayes today, but not Michael Fletcher because he's boring. And author of their books, which they won't actually admit to, but I did write them. Oh, no, true. he writes all my books. I was wrong. They will admit to it. <laughs> We've got no defense against that one. And today we will be talking about magic systems. So um, to kick off, we should probably define what the heck a magic system is. Uh, essentially, my understanding of it is it is the reader's understanding of how a particular supernatural force works in your world. Um, so you can kind of have... Uh, think about magic systems as a bit of a spectrum between hard magic on one side where the rules are pretty clearly understood and it's almost a bit scientific in its kind of execution and then on the other side of that spectrum you have soft magic where it's more numinous and readers or the characters themselves might not fully understand it it's magic so it's sort of like (laughs) magic on one side and then more science on the other side but in fantasy it's it's all magic so. Yeah, soft magic. One moment you have a wizard who can't open a simple door, and the next moment he's falling through a limitless space, fighting a giant fire demon, and somehow falls through the world and survives because oh, the rings. And then resurrects, <laughs> even more powerful than he was before. But with clean clothes. Different shade. Hmm. He put in some good detergent when he was washing those robes in the afterlife. They have good, good laundry machines in heaven. Um, <laughs> the grime right out of them with that fight against the Balrog. Exactly. Um, so, where do we want to kick this one off? Do we want to talk about magicisms in our books? Do we want to talk about common mistakes or good ways to approach it? What's our thoughts on how we should begin this one? 
uh, pretending we know what we're doing is exhausting. So maybe let's go with what we know. <laughs> I like that. Um, I, personally, I'm I'm a I'm a fan of something in between. I don't. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of this sort of like extremely hard magic systems. Like, you, you know, you might find those in in Dungeons and Dragons or whatever, um, where they're sort of very reliant on how many spells a person can memorize. All that. I don't know. Whatever. Um, I like I like something in between where there are there are definite rules to the magic system. Um, things like you know how how magic can be used, who can use them, what sort of cost it comes with, all of that lot. But leaving enough up there that there can be mystery. For me, I think one of the biggest problems is if the magic system is is really focused on being a hard magic system with very definite rules, it quite often can take away the 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 mystery. So that yeah, you you know you there's there's that sense of something something I don't know about could happen when you're reading a book. And I think quite often that's removed in the hard magic system. So yeah, I, I prefer I think, something in between myself. I think I, I agree and yet disagree. Uh, I'm, I like psychotically hard magic systems. Like the amount of detail that I know about all of the magic systems in all of the books that I've written uh, is ridiculous. The amount that I work out in advance. Uh, but the reader doesn't need to know that shit. I mean, the, the Obsidian Path books is basically what are they called? lit rpg is basically a role-playing game uh in a book but i never talk about it and no one actually delves into or explains the magic systems shit happens and i know how much spells cost but the reader doesn't need to know any of that shit so people come out of it just being like fuck you know there's wizards and they do this shit and sorcerers and they do that shit and elementalists and shaman and demonologists um but there's this sense of scale of this huge world and like all these different schools of magic sort of battling it out. Um, but because I don't actually share any of the work I put into it, that work is wasted. Fuck. It's not Never wasted mind. at all because it, you know, I think that's a really key point that you bring up with regards to, you don't have to share it with the reader, but it is extremely useful if you know that stuff yourself. And I think having that internal consistency and logic to it regardless of whether it's hard or soft, I'm personally of the opinion that as the author, you do need to know a little bit about it. And the reason why I say that is because it does feel a bit unsatisfying and, you know, suspension breaking uh, when, as you said before, Rob, like, you know, the power levels of characters just fluctuate all over the place. Um, sometimes it's fine, but when it is just because it felt like it was totally getting made up, like as the author went along and there's like logical inconsistencies from that. I'm personally not a big fan of that in the same way that, you know, if a character's personality is drastically different in one situation to another and there's no explanation for it, it, you know, kind of breaks my suspension of disbelief a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. I think that the, it's, it's the, the power level within the character itself, like power mm. level between certain different characters is fine, but yeah. I've, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it has to remain consistent within the character. It's it's the old uh, um, sort of Power Rangers thing where it's like, you know, they, they end every single episode by, episode by turning into the Megazord and killing the thing with their big sword. Why didn't they just do that in the first place? Exactly. <laughs> uh, didn't have a budget for it. Yeah, exactly. So if, <laughs> if you've got a character who's super powerful and yet most of the time they're just not using this superpower that could win the day all the time, you're kind of like, eh, why? Yeah, and if you're going to do that, you have to have a reason yes. that they're doing that. 
they either really like to toy with the character or there's something that's hindering them that hasn't given that they can't right now can't actually use it um and and you see that a lot because you know um, and then there's you know a lot of a lot of the characters progress they get to the point where they so that's why they didn't do it at the beginning they had to progress through to a point where they could do that kind of stuff when i you know i when i think of magic systems i think of like um you know the the hard is is represented by like the Rothfusses and the and the Sandersons and they both kind of argued for those. Sanderson doesn't argue as much. Rothfuss gets pretty vehement about hard science, uh, hard hard uh, fantasy or hard magic systems are the only uh, are the only way to go. And George R. R. Martin is on the other side where it's like it's magic. You know, he doesn't talk about the source, right? He doesn't say where the power comes from. Uh, he doesn't talk about, you know, uh, any number of things. And, you know, uh, Tolkien is, is put in the soft magic system part two, because there is magic, but he never really, unless you, you know, you go back to the Silmarillion where he talks about some of that kind of stuff and where this, where this power comes from. Um, uh, you don't really see that much in in the, in the thing, and I I tend to fall in between. Um, uh, I wanted to I wanted to have yes, we do kind of know where this power comes from based on um, you know even quantum physics um, things like that. But how is it manipulated and used? Why are some characters more powerful than the others? Some characters are far older, and simply by their age, they generally get more power. Though I do explain that there are characters who are as old as some of them who have no, honest, honestly, no real magical powers. Um, and a lot of that comes down to, you know, just the idea that people have different abilities. People have different affinities and are good at certain things based on their physicality or their experience or, you know, just their genetic makeup. So um, I based a lot of it. I mean, I, I, I draw a lot of things like animism and, um, uh, you know, various and sundry theories about or, or, mythologies, folklore, belief systems, religions about sources of, of power and stuff like that. So, I mean, I tried, I'm like Rob, I try to keep a lot of things open while still having some sort of system. Um, there is some sort of method to the madness of my system, I guess. Can I just push back on that Rothfuss thing for a second? Because while he does have some forms of hard magic in King Killer, like with the, I forget the name of the heat transfer one or whatever, where Thermo, it's like- thermo, A lot of it's based on thermodynamics. Yes, so he does have that hard magic system, but then he also has soft magic systems like the naming, right? Like I personally thought that that was of the more numinous side of things where it was like, if you know the name of a certain material or a thing like the wind, you can control it or something like that. And mm -hmm. I personally really like that combination of the hard and soft magic, because then you kind of have this like interesting interplay between almost like science and faith, like within a fantasy world where mm -hmm. there's some stuff that you can understand and you can sort of rationalize it. But then there's enough of that sort of mysteriousness 
to the softer side of the magic that it does still feel fantastical and it does still feel magical. Um, I have another question on this note, which is that what would you say, let's, let's focus on hard magic to first to start this off and then we will go to soft magic in a second. What would you say are your favorite things about hard magic systems? And what do you think the best hard magic systems do well? Um, so kind of like if you are setting out to write a hard magic system, what are you kind of aiming for? Like what things make you particularly satisfied as an author or a reader? Um, Mike, do you want to begin? Oh, Jesus. Um, reading hard magic over soft magic. I like the structure. I like, even if I don't know the structure as a reader, I like feeling like it's there. Uh, the fact that everything kind of fits into a, a built framework um, you know, to me, like if the wizard at the end of the book suddenly casts fireball and has never sort of done that before or showed any sign of being able to do that, that's just, uh, it, that kicks me out. Um, even if it was in the appendices of the previous book in the series that he had this yeah, yeah. magical ability, but, um, Lawrence Watt Evans, this dude here, Ooh. Can you uh, keep that up, please? he, he does magic systems. Close up. Ah. With a single spell, Lawrence Watt Evans, part of a series, Myth Enchan uh, Misenchanted Sword, a bunch of other stuff. Dude does magic systems. Um, he's got different uh, classes of magic within the books, within that world, um, and does them beautifully. And they're each different. They each are powered differently. They can all achieve different effects um, and are caused by different things. And that's part of the world building. That's, that's not world building necessarily. That's part of the world. That's part of what gives the world flavor. Um, and this may be a lack on my part. A soft magic system to me is not going to give the same flavor that a hard, well-defined system will. Uh, the soft one will always be kind of flighty. Interesting. Rob? Yeah. Mostly pulled that um, out of my butt. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things I like most about hard magic systems is the 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 rules and parameters that it, it gives um, can lend themselves to situations very well, especially when you have very sort of like tense action situations. Just, I just I look at something like Sanderson, who you know he he creates these very hard magic systems. <laughs> some Sanderson um, books in the background which is what I'm pointing to yeah and you know sort of like the action scenes and and the the fighting and the the battles and everything they all use these 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 very clear parameters and it allows him to um paint really sort of striking images around them but because he's already established the magic system by that point they they feel believable within the world yes um and so you're not sort of stretching going wait they're doing what you're just like okay this is happening and it's just it just it helps to really carry you along with the the pace of of the scene basically i find and i think that's for me one of the things that that hard magic systems really do quite well great answer and yeah i, I personally totally uh, understand what you're saying there and i think it, it's no different really to like if you are going to write a fight scene you need to clearly establish the kind of like physical geography of the space and the people who are in that space and the motivations behind 
why they're fighting in the first place. Um, and establishing the magic through a hard system allows you to just have like a clearer level of comprehension going into it. So totally feeds into your point. Even, even with, I, I kind of fall in between. Basically, I'm, more, I'm much more interested in story and character than what the magic system might be. Sure. Um, and uh, there are certain approaches to magic systems that fascinate me, like Beyond Redemption, Mike's book, just the whole idea that people's powers are drawn from their own psychoses, um, I found fascinating. And it works in a, I mean, and, it, and it's, that works in a very strict level, but I'm much, I'm, uh, uh, I'm, I'm more drawn to character, character story, um, imagination, um, as long as, I mean, we all, in, in, in a thousand ways, we have to set rules in our, in our, in our fantasies, right? You can do anything you want. We've all heard this before. You can do anything you want, but you have to decide what it is that 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 people, characters, wizards, whatever can do. And you have to be consistent. Um, like Rob said, you can't just suddenly have somebody throwing fireballs who's never thrown fireballs before. Um, it's like, well, why didn't they do that before? Unless you explain it. And that, that was one of the hardest things for me with writing uh, Paternus was, was uh, these characters, yes, they can do certain things. Why didn't they do that before? I mean, if you have, if you have a character that, that through the whole book is doing certain, and then suddenly they're flying, it's like, what? Where did that come from? And sometimes it's fun to surprise characters with things like that, but you need to have hinted at these things as you go along. Um, uh, I think it depends, that, that would depend heavily on... Be shock and surprise, which can be really cool, and simply just, you know, being a flake, which, you know, I can do, and I have to fix that stuff in second drafts. <laughs> I, I think it depends on the character doing it as well. It, in, that, in that sort of situation, I think you're fine having, like, the villain suddenly be able to fly. Mm -hmm. um, because that's fine. That's a surprise. That's something, oh my God, this villain can do this. It's now mm -hmm. a, a, something for the, the hero to overcome. But yeah, you're completely right. If the hero can just suddenly fly out of, out of nowhere, you're kind of like, ah, where did, they, where did they have that ability from? Where, where did they come up with that ability from? It needs to be shown um, to be you know, sort of attained at some yeah. point, I think. I personally I love when... Oh, sorry, Mike, do you want to go ahead? Uh, sure. Uh, I would relate it, uh, hard magic systems to music a bit. Um, Ooh, interesting. Limitations uh, drive creativity. Without those limitations, you can do anything. Mm. Great. So what? So can everybody. We just barf ideas. But when you narrow everything down, when you set limitations, when you limit the number of toys you're allowed to play with and how you play with them, be it in the studio or in your book, you you kind of put yourself in a corner and you are forced to be more creative because you've got limited tools to work with. And to me, that's where the beautiful stuff comes, comes from. Both in the studio, you get rid of all the toys, all the digital manipulation. You have one mic and one preamp and one instrument. Um, you are going to be forced to be more creative with how you use those tools than if you've got access to everything. Same with the magic system. Yeah. If you've got it all and you can do whatever you want, you can and probably will. 
if you have defined a magic system and a character gets themselves into a situation, now you have to figure out how the fuck to get them out of that situation using those limited tools. It, it took, it actually took analogy. me, it took me a, a couple of drafts of book one and even book two to, uh, I, I ended up actually, it was the, the magic was much smaller in, in book one and book two even. Um, and I went and I was like, okay, these, these characters need to be able to do more than this. So I would go back and make it bigger, expand it. Um, and, uh, and I never really pulled back smaller. It kind of, everything gets kind of crazy in book three, but I think that's kind of expected. Um, but it, I don't think that any of it is too much of a shock or like, well, what the hell? Um, hopefully nobody's complained about that yet, hmm. but, um, uh, I did have to go back and, and make it bigger. Like I wanted, uh, I need, I added some, some things where characters were, could do some things as like that, that weren't there in the first draft. So there, there was a, definitely a progression in my own development of, of the magic, uh, in those books. Uh, yeah. In terms of what I really like about hard magic, which kind of ties into some of these points about limitations and stuff. I personally love when there's different uh, like rules of the hard magic that kind of lead to these emergent scenes where like they are combined in a way that you didn't see coming sometimes with like a little bit of loopholing almost to let the characters get out of these difficult situations in ways that don't break the rules that you've established, but are still extremely surprising because you're like, Oh, I didn't expect that they would use, this magic system and this magic system, or even I didn't expect that they would use these two different rules of said magic system. Yeah, it needs to be more of a reveal of the true scope or of a yes. greater scope of what already existed. Yeah. I think exactly. that's the sort of like that that's that level of mystery which I I sometimes feel that that some hard magic systems lose out on. But that mm. idea that yeah there is there can still be surprises still be mysteries in that sense how Absolutely. they're sort of like how how they might be yeah combined to be used i mean for me I, um like with with my the magic system i have in in never die which is you know characters using their 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 key to do um certain magical things you know certain characters have different powers uh, which they can activate um and in some ways it's it's almost hard and soft it's there are there are rules and these characters have these techniques that they can use these abilities they can use um but the the sort of like the soft bit the the mystery and the magic for me is discovering new powers that people have um so when i create a new character a new sort of like hero character i can be like what what crazy power can i give them they all flow from the same source mm. they, all, they all use the character's key to actually be used um, and the character had to learn them. It wasn't like they just were born with this power. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, the, it, it still gives that mystery of you meet a new character, what are they going to be able to do? Yeah. And it, you know, one thing that's really cool about those too is that um, you have such a cool, enormous reservoir to draw from, from, from the basic, you know, stories, legends, mythologies from the cultures there 
that um, it's almost limitless the cool things that characters were able you know to do in these and, and you've done a really neat job kind of combining and making those your own <laughs> that's a little bit I've been spending a lot, a lot of my uh, my recent few weeks sort of uh, researching various uh, yokai and sort of uh, Japanese spirits and uh, myths and everything, and uh, yeah, I've I've got some really cool ones in in later books, uh, you know, like smoke demons, mirror demons, Ooh. all sorts. And it, like, it just, do you like smokes stuff. and mirrors? Mirrors? Yeah, I don't have a mirror problem at all. <laughs> no, you certainly don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it is. It's cool. It's being able to sort of like see, you know, you go into this research thing, and you, you just read about some some myth that, that some other culture has. Uh, and, you know, yeah, being able to just then change it and make it your own is actually really fun. Nice. Do we have oh any God. final thoughts? Cultural appropriation. It's not right. <laughs> Sorry. I've been accused of that that's, before. That's a whole different podcast that I really think. <laughs> we do not have enough time to get into that issue, but uh, yes, perhaps for a future episode. Um, any last thoughts before we wrap this one up? Just make a good story. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Dirk. And don't do things that are inconsistent. I think that's also a good thing to point out as well, is there's no objectively right magic system as with every other technique it's just what's best for your story and what you enjoy writing so just because we've said that we like these things about one system or dislike these things about another system it's not like a judgment on whether you should use them or not just you know use the one that it's totally totally a judgment oh you one thing like uh, <laughs> yeah uh jeff vandermeer's the wonder book um, yes has some um, has some really cool um short essays basically by a ton of different authors about uh, any number of things in writing fantasy and there are some very cool ones in there about magic systems and George R. R. Martin's about magic systems is one of the most fun in that book because he's just trashing magic systems hard magic systems um, so I would recommend that if you're interested in learning more about magic systems i'll definitely have to check that out i know um gareth hanrahan recommended that when we interviewed him recently and it's just a really it's it just a really like a cool book. book full of really neat pictures too mm. so <laughs> i love pictures all right um <laughs> well on that note it is uh time to wrap up this episode rob's losing it He's like, why do you like pictures when you write lots of words? What is this combination? No, I just like, you know, I like pictures and books. Picture books, yes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, cheeky plug for the Thunder Heist here, but there's like seven pictures inside this thing, and most of them are by myself, so good times. Um, it will never oh, reach the quality. You can't just flash it about. Yeah, show oh, it again. Yeah, it yeah. <laughs> right, book that I'm waving around too fast. Buy you the see. book. Buy it. Okay. I'm shaking it so that you fear for its life so that you have to buy it and take it to a better home. It's the only way that I'll convince people to adopt my book. Um, anyway, on that weird note, um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, perhaps we can, if you are listening to this right now or watching it, you can uh, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what your favorite magic systems are and um, why you enjoy them. And uh, we'll do our best to respond. Or at least I will. I can't talk for the other hosts. <laughs> We're all chained up in the basement. Let's be fair. You already drag <laughs> us out to do these things. Exactly. Yeah. That's why you're also pale looking. Um, anyway, <laughs> thank you everyone for listening. We will see you next time. Bye everybody. Hey, goodbye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Wizards, Warriors and Words. We hope you learned something useful. We love hearing from our listeners. Our email is wizardswarriorswords at gmail.com, which you can also find in the show notes. I personally read and respond to every email, so feel free to let us know what you thought about this episode. We'd also love to hear your questions. Send in a question via that email, wizardswarriorswords at gmail.com, and we might even answer it on the show. If you haven't already, please subscribe and write a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps more people discover the show. Wizards, Warriors, and Words is jointly hosted by Dirk Ashton, Michael R. Fletcher, Rob J. Hayes, and Jed Hearn. Our music comes from Michael R. Fletcher, and our artwork is by Felix Ortiz. Thank you again for listening. Now go and write extraordinary stories. We'll see you next time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.